Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So I apologize, I was under the weather last week, but back here with another podcast uh, this week in basketball, but we're not going to do necessarily the uh, the format that I have been doing in the past, but uh, we do have a guest this uh, this time around, and it is my good friend, someone you've most likely heard before, it's Nick Raponi. Nick, welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, not a problem. Good to have you. Um, so we, we decided on a few topics we wanted to touch on here. Four main ones, uh, we'll kind of run you through the itinerary here. We're going to talk about the Nuggets defense, their first in defensive rating right now. We're going to talk about why that is. Is it a little bit of luck? Is it possibly uh, their own doing? We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll get into Luka Doncic and his dominance on the court and everything uh, that he's been doing, which has just been spectacular. We'll talk a little Toronto Raptors. They are second right now in the East uh, with some pretty fantastic statistics, uh, even without Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka out. I feel like they are... You know, at least worthy of being talked about at this point. Nick Nurse. Okay, I'm obviously we got to see the rest of the season unfold, but he's got to be favorite for coach of the year, in my opinion. But we'll talk about that later. Absolutely, I would agree. And last, we'll touch on Canada basketball. We've got the uh, the last chance for Canada to qualify coming up soon, uh, so we figured, well, why not touch on some of the uh, the players and uh, both of our twelve man roster, which may look different, may look the same. We haven't talked about it. We only know you know who the pool to pick from is, but we don't know exactly who our twelve players uh, will be. So we'll touch on that at the end. All right, the Nuggets defense. So Nick pointed me in the direction of an interesting article here from The Score talking about the Nuggets' defense. They're first in defensive rating at 102.1, tied with the Raptors, oddly enough. And they've got some interesting, you know, kind of statistics. Some of it's lucky. Some of it is their own doing. I mean, we found a little bit of both, I would think, right, Nick? 100%, yeah. So what I found here, the stats here, they're first in defensive rating, 102.1. They're fifth in opponent field goal percentage at 43%. Mm-hmm. They're first in opponent three-point percentage at 33, uh, 31.3. Uh, last year, for context, the lowest total was at 34%, but the Nuggets were best in that category too. So when I say first in opponent three-point percentage, it means they forced the lowest percentage of three-pointers uh, from opponents in terms of uh, efficiency. So they're also third in opponent free throw percentage, which is pure luck i mean opponent can you play defense on free throws i read an article about it but i don't know how much i believe in i that. mean yeah i mean it's i'm not gonna say pure luck but it's it's mostly luck. It's pretty it's lucky special. right yeah so third in opponent free throw percentage at 74.2 and they don't force a lot of turnovers 22nd in opponent turnovers at 14.6 that means opponents turnover uh 14.6 times per game ranked 22nd in the league so i mean you think about like the way the nuggets defense is right they've got you know, Jamal Murray, we'll, we'll, we'll go through some of the players, but Jamal Murray, who is not touted as a fantastic defender, improved but not a fantastic he, defender. Exactly. He's improving, but Jamal Murray is not a plus out there on the defensive end. There's no, I don't think you can argue any way other than that. Yeah, I agree. But I don't, he's improving. Yeah, he's definitely improving. Gary Harris, I would say, is uh, neutral to a plus defender. I like the way he chases guys around screens. and, and I'm leaning more towards neutral, but yeah, okay. like, he's definitely a better defender than Jamal Murray. Fair enough. Will Barton, I would say, is a negative defender. Yeah. I don't see him oh, yeah, as a positive sure. defender. 100%. Millsap is a positive defender. Definitely, I won't argue that. And Nikola Jokic, I would say, overall, is probably a negative defender. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's out there and you're like, whoa, like, the Salami can move. And right. then, like, sometimes you're like... Yeah, there's the bad defense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but all in all, I would say overall, it just, 
it's close to neutral, but I'd definitely go more towards the negative. Right, I, sure. I, I agree. So, and you go to your bench. Monte Morris, neutral defender. You know yeah. what I mean? Solid yeah. guy. He... He's uh he's he's good on ball. He's scrappy. He defends. Jeremy Grant, positive defender. No, no questions about that. Yeah, he's probably their best defender. Mason Maybe. Plumley, mm, neutral. neutral, neutral. I'm not gonna say he kills you out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's your that's your top eight guys in your rotation right there. But the point is, is that none of those guys actually stand out. None of those are just crazy. No, yeah, like Jeremy Grant's NBA. your best defensive player yeah. in my opinion. That'd be my uh, argument. I agree. Maybe Millsap, but like yeah. That's not great. Right. <laughs> and, and I guess the point we're trying to drive home is is that this Nuggets team is good as a good team defense. Their yep. guards, Mike Malone, they're really well coached. Right. And their guards and their Michael bigs Malone. work in tandem. Uh, they work together to, you know, blitz the pick and roll at times. They hedge and recover. They send hard double teams. Uh, they just, you know, kind of make things uncomfortable for you out there. Even And although, you know, in this article it talked about being 23rd in opponent effective field goal percentage, which is a stat from Cleaning the Glass that basically quantifies the expected value of shots a team surrenders. So if you give up a lot of threes and a lot of shots at the rim, well, you're going to be low in this category. If you force a lot of mid-rangers, you're going to be high in the category, right? And they're 23rd in this. So it's clear to me that you know giving up the 31.3 three-point percentage is a little bit lucky. It's not a little bit lucky. It's very lucky. And at you, that at that rate, and I'm not gonna say I watch a lot of Denver Nuggets basketball, but I'm gonna say I watch a little bit of Denver Nuggets basketball. Sure, me too. I'm a big Denver sports fan in general. Like, right. but like, like I watch some Nuggets basketball, and I and I can say they get lucky. There's other teams are having some pretty open looks, and they're just missing. I'm not gonna say all of them, but like, I think it's only gonna be a matter of time before you're gonna see this defensive rating anyway. The defensive yeah. rating start to drop. For sure, and I think, and I do think it starts with the three-point percentage now. And I don't, sorry, I don't think it's going to drop a little bit. I think you're going to see it drop significantly. Right. Like, well, increase, you mean, right? Like, yeah, sorry, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, drop in like rate, drop yeah, in, in like rating. Yeah, in um, ranking, yeah. I, I really think, I would say probably by February, this team will be. Easily out of the top ten in most defensive. Really in interesting. Okay. I do not think they like we just went through their roster. Yes, they play great team defense, but there's nobody out there that I'm like, okay, this guy. I feel 100 percent confident he is going to shut him down night in, night out. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I just I, I find it interesting that last year the lowest three point percentage was 34 percent, and the Nuggets held that number. So they're they're clearly doing something. To make things uncomfortable. It's and the scheme. Yeah. It's definitely the scheme. I know like you don't I know you don't need stellar individual on like I mean you need to play on ball, but stellar just those guys that you know are gonna go out there and just shut guys in night in and night out when you have a scheme like this. Right. When your defensive scheme is like the way the Nuggets play, it's a lot of team defense. So you right. don't like you don't need those standout defensive guys and they just gotta buy in. And everyone does seem to buy in here, but they doesn't ignore the fact that they're still getting very lucky yeah and i think the stats show that they're getting very lucky too i yeah i agree so i actually watched uh, nick before you came over uh, against the kings um it was actually perfect that the nuggets and kings were playing that that game went to overtime and the nuggets actually lost that game but i mean the three the three point percentage eight for 33 for the kings from three and i you, you took a look at some of the looks they were getting some of them were tough some of them were pretty easy now uh, i can think of one example 
you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich in the corner with a guy right on him. Uh, and I think Gary Harris gets a nice hand in his face. That's a tough shot. An- tough shot. An- another one, Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, pump fake, uh, escape dribble, gets Murray out of the way. Murray recovers for a block. Like, those little things make those shots like really difficult and then there's other ones you know uh, Buddy Heel comes off the screen nobody within like five feet of the guy and yep. he misses so you see a mixture of both 100%. it really is a little it, it really and is a little bit of both and it really uh, outlines exactly what this article that we're referencing for some of these stats was talking about is that some of them are open but they're actually making some of these pretty difficult no, for sure and and that comes down to I think not anybody can play defense it comes down to that and there's certain athletic abilities that make you being able to play defense better than sure. other people but if you really buy in and you really dig you can at the very least just be passable you're not going to kill a team out there right. you really 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 buy in and you believe in this scheme it'll be possible so that's why i think this defense is doing so well yeah absolutely um what yeah, I, I totally agree. Not much more to say about, about the Nuggets here. I do think they'll end the year with a top 10 defense. I think they were 10th in defensive rating last year after getting up to a half start last year, uh, ironically, as well. Um, but again, they, they hedge and recover. They do that strategy. They blitz the pick and roll. They did it against Harden against Houston. Uh, they send hard double teams. Um, and they just uh, they got relentless ball pressure, and in doing so, they're often able to force uh, the ball out of the hands uh, of strong shooters into the hands of weak shooters, and that's that's a great um, that's a great recipe if you want to limit teams' three point percentage. So good for the Nuggets; they're playing very well. Their defense is great, but I think both of us can agree they're primed for a little bit of regression. Oh no doubt. Okay, excellent. All right, Luka friggin' Doncic. This kid is unbelievable, man. Like, yeah, unbelievable. He's okay. Oh, he's just okay. He's oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's okay. Yeah. He's just one of those okay guys. Um, what he's been doing has been just absolutely unbelievable, and we would be just remiss if we didn't talk about what he's doing at the moment. Let's run, let's run through some of the stats for Doncic 34.2 minutes per game. He's averaging 30.8 points per game. He's doing that on uh, 48.6% from the field, <laughs> taking 20 shots per game. Like my goodness, he's taking he's taking nine point four three point attempts per game, hitting those at a thirty two point five percent clip. Is that good enough? Not yeah, oh, it's good enough. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the attempts yeah, he's taking. Exactly, in a here. exactly. The free throw attempts nine point eight uh, times he gets to the line that per game, hits those at eighty two point four percent. That is huge. Nine point nine rebounds, nine point six assists, one point four steals. Uh, he does turn the ball over 4.5 times, but he's but the ball's in his hands at times. Exactly. My guy's averaging a triple-double per game with 30 points. This is, this honestly, this number really, like, blew me away. He's shooting 62.6% from two. 62% yeah. from two? Like, that's like, that's like Clint Capella numbers. Dude. Yeah, he's just smart. <laughs> like, you know, he's so smart out there. Like, yo, it's, it's fantastic stuff. And, I mean... He he's gets just, to his spots and he takes high percentage shots. Absolutely, he's he's proven to be extremely effective scorer inside the arc. Again, sixty two point six percent from two. He's doing it through floaters. He gets to the rim and gets fouled again with the nine free throw attempts and per game. And when he develops that three point shot fully, oh my, goodness. it's unbelievable. He also has got euro steps. He's got step throughs. Oh yeah, and he's, he's, he's living at the line. And then. From behind the arc, again, 32.5% from three on 9.4 attempts per game. But, dude, all of them are off the dribble. Like, none of them are catch and shoots. So, like, all of those are self-created shots from two when they need it the most. And that's what's impressive. That's why, to me, people have said, 
oh, is he more LeBron-like or is he more Harden-like? He's more like Harden to me, man. He's more like Harden to me. Because he does have that isolation game. Because he does have that ability to pass out of pick and roll. I don't like he, comparing him to either. but Really? Okay, yeah. okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, he's, yeah. Kind of, he's kind of his own breed. That's fair. But if you had to pick one that he's closer to... LeBron. You say LeBron, eh? Interesting. Okay, yeah. well, we don't have to have a massive debate about that. Yeah, if Harden just plays too... I'm not going to say... Okay, Le- ISO-y? Yeah, exactly. Like, Doncic plays a little more old school sure. than Harden. You okay. know what I mean? Like, yeah, fair, fair enough. I and... Love- one thing I think that just like blows me away with Doncic is more than with not even just Doncic, but the executives in the NBA. How did, did he yeah. go third? I know he won Euroleague MVP as a teenager. Well, there was a there was an article that came out that I think it, I don't remember if it was uh, Vlade Divac or Vivek Ranadive that passed on him because they didn't like his dad. Really, you're an idiot. Yeah, I agree. Like that's that's completely ridiculous. Now, I think that you know Phoenix taking Aiden. Well, because Aiden was from Aiden was from yeah, Arizona. Right? Phoenix had they scouted him they so much they had their eyes locked on him. I think they were kind of tunnel visioned with that. But that doesn't excuse Bagley. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's a rough. Although I still Aiden, like Bagley. Me but not, too. No, not, I like Aiden and Bagley. As, not but nearly as much as Don. Come on, you, yeah. you're a league MVP. At six seven, putting up those like you're seeing it. His second league year in the NBA, he's averaging thirty point triple double. I know, that's pretty. That's pretty ridiculous. What? Yeah, what is sixty two percent from th- like two point? Like what? Right, exactly. Like this guy is, and his defense is not well, not fantastic. It's not doesn't kill you. I yeah. guess like. Yeah, no, it's about average. I mean, it's a little below average, but little the below. offense is just doesn't. So it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, right, exactly, exactly, and like. I mean, he's already one of the best passers in the league. We referenced, the, you know, the nine-plus assists or yeah. whatever. And he's got a lot of passes out of pick and roll. I talked in a previous podcast about how he's good at putting the guys in pick and uh, pick and roll jail. You know when you come off the exactly, screen and the guy yeah. kind of rides up your back yeah. and you're creating that two-on-one yep. and you either shoot the floater or throw the lob? He's got both of those. Uh, fantastic lob passer. He's got crazy good targets. Dwight Powell. Porzingis and Maxi Kleber, all those guys yeah. can finish lobs at a high level. Uh, he's got, again, that floater in the lane is just fantastic. And he's good enough to find those spot-up shooters. When guys, when weak side defenders tag the roller, he can find those guys in the pocket. Your Tim Hardaway's, your Justin Jackson's, your Seth Curry's. He hits those guys right in the shooting pocket so that they can knock those shots down. He's, he's got all the reads already. He's, got all, he's, he's good. He's unbelievable at pick and roll. Like, truly, when you watch him and look at him, Three point shooting is okay, but it's it. I'm very confident it's gonna get better. The only negative, what's the only negative to his game? I guess he has a milk bag frame. That's about it. Yeah, like, you know that, what I, mean? I guess like, that's the only thing that you can yeah, that you can point to. Is he's probably still not in the best shape he could probably be in, but he's still but twenty. He's still, he's, yeah. he's still growing into his body technically. He's, if you think about yeah. it, yeah. Like, like he's he, a baby still. Yeah, like, he's still that's, young, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like. Like, think about what Doncic could be in three years. In three years, and he'll still only be 23 with room to grow. Dude, Oladipo didn't hit his prime until, like, 26. Think about an example like that. No, yeah. A little... Well, he wasn't 26. He was, was like, 25. Yeah, he was, was old. He? Yeah, he was I older. He was a little yeah. older. I know he was... Took him a while, but... Yeah, yeah. Look, look that up while you're I'm looking at it. Curious, but an example but... like that is... 
what I'm talking about. Like, you could, like, Doncic could, like... Well, Depot's 27 now. He's 27 now. So he hit his prime two years ago. So about 25. 25, yeah. No, it took him a while, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. No but think about what Doncic could be in three to five years, how good he could be. Holy crap, dude. This He has a real chance to be, like, one of the best players ever, like, at this rate. If, if he's putting up 30-point triple-doubles he when does. he's 20... Like, That's, where, where's the ceiling for this guy? And, like, playing professionally overseas, that makes the jump to the NBA so much easier than it does from college, in my opinion. Right. That's my... When you dominate overseas, like, you're playing against professional basketball players. So you got to remember... Because, like, most of the NCAA players, they go over to play overseas. Right. So you're playing against guys who played in the NCAA, and you're the MVP of that league. Exactly. So you're going to come over, and you're better than a lot of the NCAA guys already, just by default. You put up these numbers in the Euro League that it's like incredible. MVP. Yeah, he's MVP. Exactly. You're seeing he can do everything on the court. He just seems to have that personality people like. There's just what not to like about the guy. There's nothing. There's That's nothing. why he's so great. That's why everyone loves him. Um, the transition is was was seen like I'm playing professional help. But it was yeah. such an easy transition for I, that guy. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And like the court sense, like you talked about it, you're hitting guys in like open, po- like just right in the pocket. Like he just, he always knows where the open teammate is going to be. Absolutely. At all times. That's a good point. He, de- he, de- he definitely does. He's got a great feel for the system already. Um, he's leading the Mavericks offense to a 116.1 uh, offensive rating. That's first in the league. And when he's on the court, it's 1177. So that's yeah. That's just you know staggering. 117.7 per hundred possessions when he has, he's on the court. Like, I mean, you're not losing. No. When you're when you score. I hope to God not. <laughs> and when you're scoring, I have 117 points a game, like in an average game, which is about you know 95 to 100 possessions. Like yeah. you're, most of the time, you're not losing. I hope not. I really hope not. You're not losing. So. Doncic, absolutely fantastic. I'll round it up by saying 67, 62.7 true shooting. Again, just another number to add to his bag. But it's just unbelievable stuff from Doncic. I, I can't wait to see this kid progress in the future. And I think we're looking at what could potentially be in a few years a face of the NBA. 100%. I think he's already debatably a face of the NBA. Like well, he, I think if, still LeBron. Well, the there's multiple faces, I right. think. I, yeah, at this point. I think yeah, we're it's like, transitioning to. Right? Yeah, like I think obviously LeBron is... When you think, and we forget NBA about Curry NBA. too. Who's exactly, who's like there's multiple. Like I think when you think of the NBA, Doncic is the guy who comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, one question, one more question with Doncic. He's progressing at this rate, right? What's the ceiling, in your opinion? I mean, I mean, if we're like, talking, I'm not talking like I'm talking realistically, like, career what's the wise or peak wise or what do we? Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to talk, like whatever you want to talk about his stats or his. Milestone, like he's going to be the greatest player of all time. Like whatever you want to say, like what do you think is his ceiling? I'm Obviously, his ceiling. If you think about it, his ceiling is greatest player of all time. I'm not saying he's ever going to hit that, right. but that is he has that potential. He's already shown he's like this age, putting up 30 point triple doubles. He's shown he has that potential. So oh, will he hit it? I don't. So it's so. that's that's kind of tough to say because when we talk about like greatest ever or greatest point guard. No, ever, but I, no, that was a bad example. I mean, like more statistically, what okay. do you think this guy's gonna do? I mean, with the changing landscape of the NBA, with the three becoming what it is, I mean, is there is there a question that he could possibly average thirty for a career? Is that possible for Doncic? Thirty for a career? But what? Are, okay, if he averages thirty. What are the I mean, other? What's the assist numbers? The rebound numbers he could still have. That's what I mean. 30, 30 as a scoring. So that's like we're well, talking about like Michael Jordan levels for scoring. Yes. And now we're talking like assist levels. 
Oh my goodness. Because the rebounding, I, I still <laughs> think the rebounding, we're going to end up around 9-10 for the career. Right. So we're, so that's what I mean. We're talking... Maybe 8 at, minimum. Averaging what could be like hovering around a triple-double for his career. Like I think that... The, that at he, 30 points. At 30 points. That, like, that's statistically, that's would that not be the greatest player of all time? Depend, we got to see how many championships. Right. Championships, MVPs, playoff performances, that sort of stuff is going to count. But you, but you have to assume that that's going to be linear, right? Then that's, yes. That's but I always with. think championships over accolades. But I mean, I mean, when you're averaging sure. 30 point triple doubles, you're going to get the accolades. That just comes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's totally true. But, but yeah, the ceiling is, the, the ceiling is to be seen. Like that's what's so crazy about Doncic is like, I don't think anybody knows what the ceiling no. is right now because he's not even close to being at his peak yet. Exactly. He's 20. Like that's what's <laughs> yeah. so crazy about the kid. Is like, what, the only thing know. is, what does he do wrong? It's like not much. So, like, what can he really improve He just on? doesn't seem like he gets into trouble. Mm-hmm. Seems like he say now he is not old enough to drink in the U.S. yet. So that's that's maybe something that could come <laughs> yeah. his way. He does seem like a fun guy. Yeah. He does seem like he a does. fun guy. I'll give him that. Um, More but fun than Kawhi, too, somehow. Right, exactly. But as long as he stays out of trouble, I mean, he's in a good system. He's got a, a great, you know, uh, leader in, in Carlisle there. He's got And he's got a nice uh, nice pairing with, with Porzingis as well. And Mark Cuban is and Mark just Cuban. a and phenomenal Mark... owner. Oh, fantastic. Like, exactly. He's, yeah, Porzingis to play with. He's got some... He's got great leadership around him. And yeah, Exactly. And... I mean, if you ever have any questions in that Dallas Mavericks organization, I'm sure Dirk's phone is always the bit. Like, you know, like, you can ask those questions, especially, there you go. there's just, there's so much. Absolutely. The resources are endless for him. So, I I guess what I'm saying is, uh, it's it's hard to project his ceiling because we really don't know. Like, we, we were talking about maybe averaging, like, this near 30-point triple-double for his career, but, you know, injuries, what if that happens, or, you know, maybe... You know, somebody gets traded, somebody gets injured. Maybe they add another piece that takes away some of his usage. It's just so hard to project at this yeah. point. And you know, Mark Cuban's bound to add another guy to pair with the, like these oh, guys yeah. in his prime. If they have, if they have the ability to do it. Um, he's going to do it. And who that player is, I don't know at this point. But to think that Cuban's going to be happy with just two guys that are, you know, just kind of running the show and not necessarily making it to the finals, he's going to do something about oh, that. Oh, yeah, I think so, Right? Too. Like, he's, he's not going to waste the prime of Doncic and Porzingis, no, I don't no, think. No. So, um, you can most likely expect a third star to come in there and, you know, maybe take some of those shots uh, from Doncic. That right. could possibly be a thing. So, th- that's why I say it's so hard. No, we, you're just, right. you're we, right. we just don't know yet. Um, but, yeah, can't wait to see what it, what it becomes regardless. All right. The Toronto Raptors, man. Our hometown team... Former NBA champions. You current a lot of, NBA oh, champions. What are you talking about? Oh, current NBA champions. That's right. My apologies. A lot of people said this team would I will live that championship until it's over. I vote, I agree with you. I, you're looking, you're, exactly. Nick's looking at my room. There's a championship poster of Kawhi lifting his arms up as we speak. Um, a lot of people said this team wouldn't even make the playoffs, Nick. They I know. That, even okay, that is, playoffs. in my opinion... That was ludicrous, dude. That was okay. ludicrous. Yeah. Yes, it's ludicrous. Is it ludicrous? Okay, in the east, in the east, it's ludicrous. Oh but my goodness. Okay, in the east, without okay, nobody could have projected Siakam took a step like this. I'm no. sorry, it's like okay. I mean, it could have been expected. I know most Raptor fans are like, oh, what do you expect? Like he took the jumps every single year. Obviously, what's going to come? Yeah, but I mean. I didn't expect this. No, like, I don't think anybody is, expected this. This is this is this is pretty unprecedented. Is this going to be a guy win most improved player twice in a row? I right now I don't know if you can make an argument for anyone else. Yeah. Who are you making an argument? No, for? but I don't really have one. I mean, maybe Doncic. 
Realistically, yeah, I, realistically. No, nobody's really talking about that. Although, no, you are 100 right there. The, the second year player thing. Some people don't like to give it to second year players. because yeah. you're supposed to no, make but the you, jump. But you are right. But when the jump's that massive, like that's right. Doncic's a good one. That's exactly. But that's that's besides the point. So. I mean, going through some of their steps, the Raptors, 7th in offensive rating, 110.4. This was a team that just lost. First of all, they're playing without Lowry and Ibaka yeah. for the last 10 games. Exactly. Right? And we're working time. on, what, like a 20-game sample? So half their games, they haven't had their, like, couple of their best players. Yeah. Okay? So they're 7th in offensive rating, 110.4. They're tied for best in the league in defensive rating with the Nuggets at 102.1. They're the best defense in the league. Still. Without Kawhi. With, without Kawhi. Exactly. Third in net rating, 8.3. And they're first in three-point percentage at 39.5. They're Which making full, almost 40% of their threes. Is, is that going to come down? Yes, it yes, is. Exactly. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Will that affect the win-loss numbers? I don't think that drastically, no. I mean, we think about it. Lowry's coming back, man. Exactly. Do you think Lowry's not going to... He was shooting the lights out before he went out, by the way. Yeah, and Lowry, was, so Lowry... We got Lowry back. Ibaka, for his position, shoots well. For sure. But not gonna say he's a consistent shooter. By no, means. absolutely. <laughs> uh, and he, yeah, uh, and he, a pick and pop, pick and pop Ibaka three is definitely not your first option if you can get it. But nope. um, on defense, not they're your second fo- either. Right? Yeah, they're fourth in opponent three point percentage at thirty three percent. That seems sustainable. But there's tw- they're twenty ninth, which is the second most in opponent three point attempts per game at thirty eight. So. Teams are shooting a lot of threes against the Raptors, yep. man. They're getting up a lot of threes against Toronto. And I really haven't dug into actually why that is, but I found that a st- to be a staggering stat. Well, we wa- wa- and we la- watch pretty well every game. Right. And, sorry, last thing. First in opponent field goal percentage, 40.8. So uh, teams are shooting their worst percentage of yeah. anybody in the league against Toronto. Under 41%. We the watch field. the games. It's scheme. It is a lot to do with Absolutely. scheme. And it's a lot to do with players, too. But... It is. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the Nuggets. Everyone on that Raptors team just buys in. But there's a lot better individual defenders. One hundred percent of the Raptors. Raptors. Nuggets, it's not even a question. It's not even a question. It's, it's the Nuggets. Crazy. It's an anomaly. I don't understand how the Nuggets are doing it. The it's, Raptors. It kind of makes sense. It's actually crazy how many good defenders there are on the Raptors. Oh yeah, like, that we sleep on, bro. Hollis Jefferson, dude. Hollis Jefferson, dude. Terrence Davis, yep. Van Vliet's a great defender. Boucher can defend, bro. Everyone can defend. Everybody, for the most part. everybody can defend, man. Almost everybody on that. Gasol obviously is oh, the linchpin. Yeah, and. Like they've just been absolutely fantastic, and you're you're right. It's the damn scheme, and we, we and even you're thinking the defense is that great. Sorry, Joe, but two guys that are injured right now are very good defensive players too. They only add Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry. Absolutely, those guys only add to the defense, especially Kyle Lowry. And I wouldn't even say especially. I'd say they're both of them have a ton of impact on the defensive side, like almost equal. Like, Ibaka's impact right. on the defensive right. end is big for the Raptors. Absolutely, you're right. I think I just say especially because Kyle Lowry's just the leader of it. There, is, right? yeah. He's the guy taking yeah. charges. He leads by example. For he's, sure, he's yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, but, but you're right. Ibaka's uh, defensive impact cannot be understated. No. He's a fantastic defender still. I totally agree. I think what impresses me the most is that when Nick Nurse was hired last year, we ha- we have to forget from 2013 when he got got on the Raptors, he was running the offense. He was the offensive coordinator, yeah. if you will, for the Raptors. And yet, two years in a row, this team has been a top ten defense. It's a lot of scheme, but it, it is a lot of personnel too. But it is definitely scheme for sure. I Absolutely, think. they run box and ones at times. They run triangle and twos. Like 
uh, or triangle and threes or whatever. And like they they hedge and recover. They they'll drop in the pick and roll. They'll, they'll pl- they're kind of like they're very New England Patriots like in the sense that you'll they'll just play defense to whatever scheme that you got, whatever players you got. They're just going to adapt to you. Yeah, like a, like a Dan Chameleon, which is speaks to Nick Nurse and his ability to change in game and game plan Makes, on the oh, fly. The in game adjustments the from Nick Nurse are. That's the difference between him and Dwayne Casey. That's the big difference. Is he's yeah, not rigid. Yeah. yeah, he's not rigid. So uh, I think we agree that you know if Coach of the Year ended today, we're picking Nick Nurse. I agree. Uh, I don't think I. I there's there's an argument for some other. Yeah, teams, there's two arguments for sure. Um, Frank Vogel would be one of them in my opinion, but mm. I think with the Raptors. The, here's the interesting thing with the Raptors. Okay, so we we came in this year, right? And I mean, we as a, like a, the overall majority, right, came in this year and we thought, okay, we, we won our championship. Now what? Is oh. it time to sell off the vets? Is yeah. it time to get rid of Lowry? 100%. Is it time to sell Ibaka? Is it time to get rid of Gasol and you know trade these you know big money contracts, um, get them off your books and get it take you know late first rounders and start the rebuild? I think now there's a serious question. Do we add to this team to see if we can go further? There's a, there's a legit case for that now. Yes, there is. And I agree with everything you said. Because after we won the championship, I my thoughts were, if we don't land Kawhi, I don't have a problem selling off assets. Right, exactly. You know, like just kind of going to full rebound mode. But now it's like, okay, I don't want to do Now that. we're on this 2021 plan, right? Now we're on this 2021 plan looking to get Giannis is what, hey, or, or any big time free agent. We're not going to, I don't think we're landing Giannis. But no, me either. But I'm just hey, saying. Hey, Toronto Greek community. Yeah, there you go. Um, bingo, bango. Yeah, who knows? But um, it is um, a great Greek community in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but that's what the, the way they've set up the contracts, right? Like Van Vliet's a free agent. Yep. Lowry's a free agent. Uh, Ibaka and Gasol are free agents now. Next year, I believe. So yes, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if the contract's um, up in front of me. Gasol is Gasol. For yeah, sure. he, he opted in his player option. I think Ibaka has one other one. He has one more year. I think. Okay, I could be wrong. But, e- but either way, either way, they're yeah. they're on they're on pace to have like literally maybe just Powell and Siakam for 2021. Yeah, and maybe OG. I think he's on his last year of his rookie deal. I don't know yet. Uh, I have to look it up. But the point is that the cap sheet is wide open for 2021. Yeah, but. You still have this like little window here in 2020. Like, do you see? Uh, and and the problem with what I'm saying here in adding a piece is who is that piece? Like, it's great in theory to talk about it, but who are you actually adding that's going to take that's this the, team over the hump? Hundred percent. It's not Demar Derozan. No hell nah. It's not Demar Derozan, right? And we've seen we've seen what Demar does to this team. Um, he's still under contract. He's going to want a new deal. That messes up the plan. Doesn't fit with the age term. Doesn't shoot threes. Doesn't defend. Um, you know, takes the ball out of Siakam, who we need to have uh, yeah. develop. So there's just a lot of things wrong with Demar. But who is that player that you're trading for that's going to take you to the Philly and the Milwaukee it's level too, in the East? Too early to tell, right? But who's who's even available? Like that's the thing. Beals off the market. Oh, there's no player that's going to have a big like a big three impact. There's right. no player you're going to acquire mid season trade like that. That's that my just point. Doesn't exist. That's my it's point. It's pieces so you pick up. So in that's the devil's advocate to my argument. That it, we're Ra- good enough to add that piece, but who is that piece? There is not going to be. Raptors will not find one. There, it just doesn't. Mid-season blockbusters can't happen when you're trying to make playoff pushes. Right. It just really doesn't happen that often. They're more off-season things. More cap flexibility. There's more options. When you're a general right. manager, you really, unless the guy's like basically tells you, I'm going to leave at the end of the season, The as a general manager, you always want to trade in the off-season. Here's you one player I actually thought of uh, off the top of my head. What about Danilo Gallinari? What? 
yeah, I would love them. Right, but, but what's the price? What's the price? Especially and for would OKC. They trade them? Who, yeah, well, huh? I think they trade them. I think they definitely trade. Oh yeah, him. no, the, the OKC would get rid of him for, for sure. sure. I, I I don't think there's a doubt on that. But like, what um, would they trade him for? Yeah, exactly. But and I what think, would the Raptors have to give? Let's, what, let's real. Let's think about this. If for what do you think it would take? Okay, so we don't have our first round exactly. pick this year, so we'd have to give up a future first rounder, and, and you can't the, be without first rounders. Rule? You can't be exactly. without first rounders back in back-to-back to back years. years. Yeah. So you would have to trade into the into the future first round pick. And now th- think of it this way too. First round picks to the Raptors are more valuable than first round picks to any other team because of what they become. Yeah, their development. Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. They hit on all their late first rounders. So if you're the Raptors, you're thinking, man, we can hit on and even their second Norm Powell. Yeah, exactly, Norm Powell and undrafted. Well, undrafted guys don't don't necessarily count for picks, but but development still. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. So just okay, it doesn't count for picks, but it's an it's a nice tip of the cap to the development. Absolutely, and maybe that's the way you think about it, right? Maybe we don't need our first rounders and Fred VanVleet. Yeah, maybe we'll just go and get an undrafted guy and develop him like we did with Terrence Davis. Exactly. So there's a lot of ways you can think about this from the Raptors. But um, for a guy like Gallinari, like, sure, maybe he would fit. Now, he doesn't play the most defense, but is he another option you can go to when things bog down? Siakam doesn't oh, exactly. have a goal? That no, definitely. Shoot the rock, I would. Oh, 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 he's a guy. I didn't, he's and a he guy I'd be fine line. with. For sure. 100% he does. He That's actually true. is always looking to get to the free throw line. It's right. kind of annoying sometimes. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. So that's that's the example I'm thinking of. But... I mean, I don't think at this point uh, you're blowing it up if you're the Raptors. You're you're, you're taking no, it, you're, you're taking a push. You're, if you're, anything. you're taking a push. I think that that was pretty much secured push. when they gave Lowry the one year extension exactly. for thirty one million. Hundred um, percent. They 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 gave the Siakam extension, which ties up their space for uh, for next year as well. So maybe you're looking to upgrade, maybe not. But I mean, I at the very least, uh, let's see what we got here. I mean, I think once you get everybody back, uh, we've already beaten the Sixers in a close game. Now the Bucks, um, you know, kind of beat us pretty handily. So that's another uh, team you're gonna have yeah. to watch out for. But I mean, other than those two theme- teams, do you have any fear about a Miami? No, Heat? I don't. No, we're uh, the third when it comes to the playoffs, experience, everything. When it comes down to it, I think we're the number three. Right. I think I think that's the case as well. And so. I mean, yeah, I guess let's just go over some of what's making this team great. I mean, some of these new guys in here, the Rondé Hollis-Jeffersons, the Terrence Davis, the Chris Boucher, Mm -hmm. those three guys specifically have come in off this, the Matt Thomas to an extent, those, (laughs) Nick's giving me a little stink eye, but uh, those guys have come in off the bench and made an impact. And, And if you remember in game one against New Orleans... How many guys did they go deep? Like seven or eight deep? Yeah, no, Nick Nurse was sure. afraid to play his bench. And now you got the absence of Lowry and Ibaka, and now we're going deep into that bench. And that that trio of Boucher, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Terrence Davis, they won us that game on the road against the they Lakers. Did, uh, damn right they did. Like they were the they were the instrumental punch but, that got us by the Lakers and gave us one of their two losses on the season, which could be the best team in the league right now. One thing, I agree with all of that. Just a random point about Terrence Davis I want to make. Just, I, like, I mean, we both do, but I watch quite a bit of college basketball. How did he go undrafted? That's what a lot of people have been saying. Because he was so good at Ole Miss. Like, he was unbelievable. I don't understand how he didn't get drafted. And I would have imagined he would have been a guy that, like, Right away, would have signed with a guy on undra- with a team undrafted. If I could be wrong, but didn't the Raptors sign him like midway through summer league or something? I'm pretty sure he was on a summer league team. They watched him play a summer league game, and they I think they literally approached him after the game. And were like, "We're taking you." 
We're, yes, we're that, to a deal. exactly we're that sort of was. Deal. He was a two-way deal. Nobody, I think he had, I can't remember what it was. So, no, here's what it was. So he wouldn't after, sign a two-way deal? He would, exactly. So after he didn't go in the first round, he basically told his agent the first to communicate. Round, second round, too. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. But after he didn't go in the first round, he told that his agent to teams in the second round, hey, if you're going to take me on a two-way or a 10-day, like, just don't even draft me because I don't even want to play. I'd rather just bet on myself yeah. and take a shot on a guaranteed deal. And yeah. that's what he did. Like Fred. And now, yeah, exactly. Like Freddie, exactly. Yeah. And oddly enough, now he's the backup point guard right now while exactly. Lowry is out. It's Terrence Davis. And he's fearless the way he shoots the ball, bro. You would Big be, Terrence Davis since he's got size too. He rebounds like, nice. Yeah. He mucks it up in there. Dude, you yeah. got to love me some yeah. Terrence oh, Davis. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's just fantastic. How he so, went undrafted, Mike. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I guess like you said, he's just sucking around. Nobody was going to take him. Yeah. But, it's, well, they were going to take him, but just on a two-way and he didn't want to go on a two-way. But I mean, if you're a second if you're picking in the second round and he's still available, just pick him and sign him to a guaranteed. Well, that's what I mean. Teams didn't want to sign him to a guaranteed, which goes back to your point. How the hell are you not signing this guy to a guaranteed? Yeah, deal? like he <laughs> he showed up in college. Like I don't understand. He played well enough in the summer league that a team literally approached him after the game to say, "Yo, you want to come sign with us?" Yeah, <laughs> like he was that good. So anyway, just another case of how the Raptors use their resources just fantastically. Yeah, um, we don't need to go through all the guys that have late first rounders, second rounders, and undrafted. That's the whole team at this point. Exactly, the whole team is undrafted yeah. first rounders, late first twenties, and second round guys. So. Again, kudos to the Toronto Raptors, one of the best organizations in the NBA. And that's not just because we live here. Uh, that's no, because that's uh, it's been proven. Backed up. That's just, we're, we're just backing it up yeah. at this point. Um, and that's the case. So, again, so I, I think wrap up this conversation. We'll see where we go. I think, would you say we're the second best or the third best team in the East at this point? Third. Third? You still think we're behind Philly? Yeah. Eh? Okay, fair enough. Um, when it comes down to a seven-game series, yes. Okay, fair enough. I can't necessarily argue with that right now. Um, but... Things gonna change. Bio market, trade hey, deadline. Anything can we'll happen. see. Exactly. Anything, anything can happen. Injuries, all that sort of stuff. So we'll, we'll see. And good for good news for Raptor fans. Chick Fil A just opened up downtown, so Joel Embiid's oh. gonna be busy, bro. Joel Embiid's gonna be busy. Damn. No, that's not a shot at Joel. I'm sorry. That's just a no. Light, it's a shot at Joel. I mean, you hear some things joke. Derek says about Joel. It's not good. I mean, he went 0 for 11 against Gasol. Mm. Just saying. Just <laughs> saying. Just saying. Um, okay. Awesome. So yeah, uh, Raptors still still think second or third best team in the East, but uh, to say that they will make a big time playoff push, I. Think think they'll be a, a very tough out in the second round if not a conference finals team and from there who knows kind yeah, of thing right we'll see. so we'll see all right let's end this off with a fun one so nick and i um obviously uh, canada a disappointing uh a disappointing showing at the fiba tournament not a lot of guys played for canada um just lost a, a bunch of games mostly because a lot of guys didn't show up but now it seems with this, I, I this is like a tournament in June where I think you have to win the tournament to actually qualify um, for the Olympics in 2021 or 2020 or 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah. So the basically this is the tournament. Uh, they have to win to qualify. Desperation mode has kicked in. No, 2022. Wasn't it 2020? We're gonna look this up real quick because we gotta be sure about this. Was it 2023? No, no way. No, it'd be too early. Olympics 2020 is what I see see here. Yeah, yeah, but Olympic, my bad, sorry. That's okay, okay, it's in Tokyo. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, 2020 Olympics. So, so me and Nick are going to go through... Sorry, go ahead. No. Okay, so uh, we're going to go through our 12-man roster of who we think should make the team. Now, 
Nick and I haven't talked about this. We are just going to kind of just go for it and uh, see where we agree and disagree. So, Nick, I got 10 locks. Okay. 10 I locks. Got 10 locks. Okay. Okay. And we're, we're not we're not counting guys who we don't think are going to play. We're just assuming if everyone's available, this is where this is what our team would be. If we had a uh, to pick from any Canadian, any any Canadians available, or okay? any eligible Team Canada basketball. Okay. So here are all the players in the pool that I picked from. Okay. I'm going to name all of them. Okay. There's about 20 of them. Andrew Nicholson, Andrew Wiggins, Lugan Stort, Jamal Murray, Andrew Nembard, Corey Joseph. Anthony Bennett, Kelly Olynyk, Kyle Wilcher, Tristan Thompson, Tyler Ennis, R.J. Barrett, Nazmitru Long, Ignace Bristegas, Fiondu Cabangeli, O'Shea Brissett, Nick Stauskas, Brandon Clark, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Trey Lyles, Chris Boucher, Dylan Brooks, Dwight Powell, Ken Birch, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Is there any other guys that I named there that I should put into the list that you didn't have? Shout out our alumni, Emmanuel Duressa. Oh, Emmanuel Duressa and Aaron Best. And Aaron Best, <laughs> too. And Aaron Best. Now, I don't think either no, of those guys no, are going to no, make the team. No, obviously not. I just want to shout out Ryerson. Yeah, shout out, shout out our Ryerson guys. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to make it. But So those are our guys. Here are my locks, okay? Again, let's assume everybody's available, okay? My locks are Andrew Wiggins, Jamal Murray, Corey Joseph, Kelly Olynyk, Tristan Thompson, RJ Barrett, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Ken Birch, Dwight Powell, Dylan Brooks. Ten locks. So that means there's two spots open of the rest of the guys that I didn't choose from. You got, you have locks on your hand? Anybody that you're like 100% for sure in? Is there anybody that I don't have that you're, that you're locked For on? me, the locks are Alexander Walker. Oh, wow. Okay. He's a lock for me. Okay. RJ. Okay. Dylan Brooks. Gilgis Alexander. Jamal, Olenek, Powell, Tristan, Wiggins, Clark. Brandon Clark, okay. That's 10. Yeah. So the... Uh, yeah, that's... Those are your 10. Okay. So, man, so this is the thing. Like, okay, I have... Out of, out of all the guys that are locked, here are the guys that I realistically were choosing from at this point. Because some of those guys deep down the list are just not going to make it. But... Chris Boucher, Trey Lyles, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Brandon Clark, Nick Stauskas. Those are those are the guys you're picking from. Well, at least from For my you. perspective yeah. uh, that I'm picking from. Um, if I had to pick right now... Sorry, did I have Corey Joseph on mine? I'm not sure. I forgot to be honest. Okay, I'd like him on. Yeah, obviously he's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm, Yeah, I think I'm picking... I'm picking Brandon Clark. And I'm taking Trey Lyles. To add just size and yeah, to add to my guys, so that would mean I would have you know Wiggins, what? Murray, Joseph, Olinick, Thompson, Barrett, Alexander, Birch, Powell, Brooks, Lyles, and Clark. Those are my twelve that I'm taking to the Olympics. It, assuming everybody is available, so that means I'm snubs. I'm leaving off off Chris Boucher. I'm leaving off Nikhil Alexander Walker. I'm leaving off Nick Stauskas, Bristegas, Kevin Gelly, Ennis. I'm leaving those guys off. Those are my those are my twelve. Now I gotta think again. What are you thinking about? Because now I gotta think positionally. I didn't really think about this well. Yeah, that's why I had Dylan Brooks as a lock because the shooting guard spot for uh, for Canada is you know kind of mismatchy. Now, do you want to play Corey Joseph next to Jamal Murray? Do you want to play Gilgis Alexander next to Jamal Murray? That's no. fine. You can do that. 
but I mean your guard spots are a little a little bit thin, which yeah. makes me which makes me second guess and think, do I go Alexander Walker or yeah. and take out a Trey Lyles uh, just for that just for that scoring punch? Now you can play R.J. Barrett probably at the two, um, and Wiggins maybe you can play some two, but. Yeah, the guards, but those guys are mostly threes. But you see what I mean? Like the, the, no, the two exactly. guard spot for Canada is it is it's kind of thin. That's why that's why I had Dylan Brooks as a lock because you just need that positional versatility at this point. But again, you can play Jamal Murray and Corey Joseph together. Yeah, and have Joseph guard uh, whatever two guards on the other side. But it's it's tough. It's, it's tough. Now you're making me rethink. Like I had. Mm. Like I think Brandon Clark's a lock for me. Like that guy's just too good. He's too yeah. versatile. He's too good defensively. He can stretch to three. But Trey Lyles, a bit of a sieve defensively. I just like him because he's got some experience. But do I want Alexander Walker to have another guard in the rotation? I. Ugh, it's tough, man. It's between those two for me. All right. I think I've redone my twelve here. Okay. Fire away. Let me make sure I got twelve, and I got it positionally, so it'll make sense. Okay. Cool. Yeah, do I want to go Alexander Walker or Trey yeah, Lyles? Okay, I got 12. Okay, go ahead. Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Corey Joseph. Jamal Murray. Alexander Walker. Wiggins. Dylan Brooks. R.J. Barrett. Kelly Olenek. Dwight Powell. Brandon Clark. Tristan Thompson. And the last spot, I am torn between Trey Lyles and Chris Boucher. Wow, so you're leaving Kem Birch off the roster. Yes. Okay, interesting. Um, okay. Uh, you know what? That's that's a tough one. That is a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I'm not... You know what? You're right. That's a... Okay, you know what? The last spot's going to Kem Birch. Okay, fair yeah, enough. You're right, 100%. Okay, so, so go through it one more time. Okay. So, to, just to go over it one more time... Gilgis Alexander, Corey Joseph, Jamal Murray, Alexander Walker, Wiggins, Dylan Brooks, R.J. Barrett, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell, Kem Birch, Brandon Clark, Tristan Thompson. Okay, that's that's pretty that's pretty much what I have too. That's that, that's pretty much what I have too. I mean, I think we're the only thing we're split between right now is Trey Lyles and Alexander Walker, which I still don't know at yeah. this point which one I'm going with. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. I. Man, that's tough. That really is hard. Regardless, I think that's a good Canada roster, though. Regardless, I agree. I think that is a very good Canada roster. If you get all of those guys to actually come, yeah, and most of them will, you know, maybe Andrew Wiggins is the one that we're still a little iffy on. His relationship with Canada basketball uh, isn't necessarily the best, and uh, there's been some times in the past where they benched him and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and there's a little bit, a little bit iffy there. Yeah, well, okay, scratch him and take Boucher, and our team's still obviously way worse, but, you know, still take Team Canada. Right, exactly. Um, but I like our team. I like our chances. Again, I, I, I forget the pool that we're going up against, but we have a tough we have a tough pool, uh, or grouping, I should say, that we're, we're going up against. Yeah. But it's, um, if we get all of those guys, that, that is a team of 12 NBA-quality roster players, which not every country has. And most of those guys are fantastic players. Again, none of them are all-stars, but no. uh, a bunch of quality rotation players I think uh, I think can do some damage in this tournament. So I'm, I'm confident in this roster if that ends up being what it is. I agree. Good. I don't think uh, there's anything else to, uh, to, to talk about. I mean, no, we've, I think we've, we've got our rosters. We're, yeah. we're going to hope for the best. Is there anything you uh, wanted to discuss here before I let you go? 
No, I think we touched on everything. Uh, go Raptors. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, go Raptors. I'll, I'll I'm excited go Raptors. for um, NCAA's cooking up again, so I'm excited to right. start looking at the incoming talent for absolutely, next year. Absolutely. Uh, so some guys I'm uh, excited about. I've been watching a little, uh, little RJ Hampton, a little LaMelo Ball yeah. overseas over oh, there. Oh, LaMelo is... Okay, LaMelo, do not make this team... Do not make the same mistake as you did with Doncic. Lamelo is I'm not gonna say he's Doncic, but it's a similar impact. Take this guy. Like, do not fear anything. Yeah, like, he's nasty. I agree. I, I like I like Ball. Um, I've been watching a little bit of Cole Edwards, or sorry, Cole yeah, Edwards, Anthony Cole Edwards. Anthony. Sorry, okay. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I mixed those two up. My apologies. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what James Wiseman looks like. I haven't yeah. seen any James Wiseman. Free James Wiseman. Um, and I mean, Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels, yeah. He's, what is Jaden? It's early in the college season. I haven't yeah. done a lot of scouting yet, but right, yeah, see yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. So uh, I guess I guess that'll wrap it up. Nick, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, this has been another episode of the Iso Bowl Podcast this week in basketball. Again, you can find it on pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts: iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff, iHeartRadio, Player FM, whatever your niche podcasting thing is, it's probably there. Uh, if you rate, review, five stars, tell two friends to tell two friends, that sort of stuff always helps. Uh, and you can find some of my stuff on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And with that, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back soon. Nick, thanks again for coming on, man. Thanks for having me again.